this is going to go into the week. <laughs> you know, this is going to yeah. go into the week. So everybody yeah. just needs to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and remember, you was cried inside. You had lots of pride. Mm -hmm. But it ain't over till it's over. You was cried inside. You had lots of pride. But it ain't over till it's over. You was cried inside. You had lots of pride. But it ain't over till it's over. Is the world flat? Yes. Hi, hello, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Marie, can I give you a skill testing question? Oh, God. <laughs> I guess. Because <laughs> I have been um, going through some of, you know how every year Barbara would do her 10 most fascinating people specials? Mm-hmm. I've been going through and like looking at who some of the most fascinating people were. There's it, she did this special from like 1993 till 2015, I think. And it's really interesting to see like who she thought was fascinating at the time. So I'm going to give you this skill testing question. Okay. Going back to the first ever most fascinating people special in 1993, I'm going to tell you the names of three people and you tell me who you think was the most fascinating and which one of these people was not fascinating at all meaning they weren't on the list i'm just made them up oh god okay wait so what year 1993 so one of them is the <laughs> okay. most fascinating person another okay. one of them is just on the list and the other one is not on the list at all not fascinating, okay. in other words. Okay, so Hillary Clinton, Connie Chung, Julia Roberts. Who is the most fascinating and who is not fascinating at all? If I was putting myself in Barbara's sensible heels and it's 1993, I think that Connie Chung... <laughs> was second most interesting. I think that Hillary Clinton was most interesting. And I think that Julia Roberts is who you added. Oh my God, you got it completely right. Even though I was trying to throw you off. I know. With Julia Roberts. I could, I could tell, I could sense it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think that Connie, I didn't think that Connie Chung would be on your personal radar so i knew that that had to be true <laughs> well i mean she is constantly on my radar but also this doesn't mean that she's the second most fascinating it just means that she's on the list to be clear got it okay well i just have one more because i'm gonna work my way through all the years i think so 1994 same question Nelson Mandela, Steven Spielberg, 
Maya Angelou. I think that Nelson Mandela was very interesting to Barbara Walters. I think that Steven Spielberg was interesting to Barbara Walters because I think 94 is the year that E.T. came out. I don't think that Maya Angelou was interesting to Barbara Walters. Oh my God. How do you know? I Kevin, thought I was listen, sneaky again. The, <laughs> the amount of of um <laughs> of studying I put into my portrayal of Barbara for the View Theater. <laughs> I'm very yeah. method. I'm very method. That's where I think that's why my impression is so good. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, so Maya Angelou, she was fascinating to Barbara, but only in 1993. In 1994, she was no longer fascinating that year. Wow, you're so good at that. Please, if you can, if you keep going through the years, please feel free to (laughs) toss me some more, some more questions every episode and we can see how well I know Barbara. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was throwing in some trick questions, but (laughs) I'm going to have to work harder next time. So we're recording this on Sunday, November 8th, which is important to say because there was an election that took place over like how many days? Well, (laughs) that's the funny thing is like in the last episode, you said that you were so relieved that it was going to be our last episode before the election. And then the way that this well, week was, was right. going, well, <laughs> the way that this week was going, I got nervous and I was like, oh my God, the gag is it's not going to be our last episode before the election because <laughs> it's still going to be going when we record. Yeah. But then thankfully, Saturday happened. Well, I'm just like very happy for. America. I'm glad that this is over. I'm really more than anything. I'm happy for Joy and I'm happy for Rosie. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, (laughs) as I said in the last episode, like Joy has stayed mad. Yeah. For the last four years. She has stayed so mad. She has been waking up in a rage every day. And now she finally got a win. And the views king Joe Biden is elected. (laughs) And as for Rosie, like what a nightmare she has been living in for for over a decade, but like especially since Trump got elected. Like imagine your mortal enemy becomes your president. The president and he's given like the biggest platform bigger than ever before to trash you like whenever he he wants and and millions and millions of people have to hear it the sense Mm -hmm. of relief like i think probably everyone listening to this and all of us like we all felt a sense of relief hearing the news but the sense of relief that rosie probably feels is on a a very like personal level in the sense that he would literally use like debate time (laughs) to talk about her it's like i just can't imagine that sense of it being over for her yeah and i remember in that debate where he that debate with hillary where he brought her name up and just being like so shocked like i can't Mm -hmm. believe this man 
was running for president and like using that time to talk about a former View co-host that something said that a bad at thing that about point him. had happened like 10 years ago. It's so crazy. And yeah. she was like the original person who saw his bullshit and called it out on The View. Well, yeah. Like what's wild is like the his the entire like feud, I guess if you want to call it that, his entire obsession with her all stems basically from one segment on one episode of The View. That's what kicked the whole thing off. And it's like his reaction, the years he's spent obsessing over her coming from one five minute segment is the biggest overreaction in the world. And it's it reminds me of what happened with the Dixie Chicks. Like, you were saying Rosie was one of the first people to like call him out for it. And like nowadays on every day on the view, people say stuff that is equivalent or even worse than what Rosie said in terms of like dragging him. But the reaction now is like, it's kind of more the norm. No one makes a big deal out of yeah. it because everyone is saying it. But when Rosie said it, it was like it. there was such a big deal made out of it that it reminded me of like when the Dixie Chicks said that they were ashamed that George Bush was from Texas and they got kicked off of country radio for like over a decade. Now people in country music criticize the president all the time and it's like not even a, a, a one it doesn't even last like more than a day in the news cycle. So it's yeah, it's crazy how huge of an impact her saying that had when now people say things like that all the time. Yeah. And like not to go too much off topic, but like also Kathy Griffin, like justice yeah. for Kathy Griffin, because yes. people were so, so like, I think false out, like pretending yeah. to be outraged about that when now, fast forward to four years later, when he got coronavirus, everyone was like low-key hoping he died. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's anyways. like the first person to say it is the one who gets like villainized for it or what, however you want to call it. And then people do or say worse, but it becomes like more acceptable every time it happens that like no one no longer cares. But it's wild that Rosie is like still paying the price. Like he still targets her even though it's like there are so many <laughs> worse things being said about him now, but he still yeah. targets her. Yeah. And so I was obviously like thinking about Rosie a lot, like mm -hmm. as this was happening. And so I ended up like editing together a little 10 minute video for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Documentary yeah. Um, that kind of tells that retelling of that story. I didn't really know what I was doing when I started working on it, but I just let the Lord guide me. And I feel like I really told a beautiful story there. But also, I kind of forgot like the origin of Rosie and Trump's feud yeah. really goes back to uh, Miss USA, Tara yeah. Connor in 2006, because it we all remember Rosie like flipping her hair over and saying that he was bankrupt. But the whole reason that they were talking about it in the first place was because of Tara Connor, who mm -hmm. was a Miss USA. Um, and she was like 19 years old, like very young mm -hmm. in the clip. Rosie says she's 21, but she was actually not 
that old Mm -hmm. and she got in trouble because she was partying and doing cocaine and the picture was taken of her kissing a girl Mm -hmm. and that was a big controversy and then she was going to lose her crown but then Trump had this press conference where he said he was going to give her a second chance Mm -hmm. and that was like the the event that led to Rosie and Trump's feud because she was like saying obviously we all remember her being like he shouldn't be the moral compass for young girls (laughs) um and it's really funny now because i was like checking in with tara connor like what's she doing now (laughs) she okay in the press conference where trump was like i'm gonna give her a second chance and i think like this is gonna be really good and she's gonna become an amazing role model Uh uh-huh Like, yes, everything he says is so fucking ridiculous, but it turns out he was right because she actually did become (laughs) an amazing role model. And she has been very open about being an addict, a recovered addict. And Mm. she does a lot of like work with addiction and she has like blossomed into like really like like intelligent human being outreach like youth outreach and like motivational speaking and stuff yeah so she really did kind of turn it 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 worked out for her and now it's finally worked out for rosie too well yeah like (laughs) 14 years too late but yeah it's so wild though that like that is the origin of the whole thing it's it's crazy that like that one segment about Miss USA got blown so out of proportion that he still regularly attacks Rosie O'Donnell. It's like absolutely wild. Um, there's a clip that you included in the the film. I'm calling it a film in the film that you made. Thank you. Which, if you haven't already seen it, you can go to um, Digital the Views instagram account and it's a igtv video there and you can watch it in full so one of the clips that uh in in the video is him talking about rosie basically just dragging her from like an et interview and one of the things that he said in the longer version of the interview is he like dragged rosie's magazine (laughs) It's like, I'm not bankrupt, and she's the one with the failed magazine. Please do not come for Rosie Magazine. (laughs) The impact on the crafting community that Rosie Magazine had is something that Donald Trump will never understand. (laughs) (laughs) He will never have that legacy. Yeah, I actually didn't include, like, he went on every show like he booked out every show to talk about Rosie and I didn't even include them all and I also cut out some of the most like disgusting things he said about her because I just wasn't gonna have that like Mm -hmm. dark-sided energy one of the crazy things that um he said that then Rosie like alluded to on The View was like he talked about Kelly who was her partner at the time and was like I'm gonna have one of my friends go to Rosie's house and steal Kelly away from her and finally like escape her out of Rosie's prison and then on The View which is like very homophobic also it's crazy it's homophobic and also just like crazy you're talking about kidnapping a like a grown woman out of Rosie's like quote-unquote prison or whatever like yeah please no (laughs) please don't um and then Rosie like alluded to it on the view um after he had said that when Kelly was in the audience and she was like I have Kelly here today in the audience because I didn't want Trump to come and like steal her out of the house and I was like haha like it's funny but then I was like 
I wonder if Kelly was literally there because she like didn't feel comfortable being yeah, alone were, at home. They were probably somewhat terrifying. nervous. Like, uh. Yeah. And that was America's president. <laughs> and like, I mean, it we we want to celebrate obviously. There's a, there's a lot to celebrate. There's progress to be made, but it's like the relief of him being not elected again is great. However, we still have two yeah. more months to like put up with whatever is gonna happen like i just want to fast forward to january yeah, and like the thing that's nice with. is like yeah he has two more months where what he says matters and then after those two months he'll still have his platform and he'll still be saying non-stop shit i'm sure but it won't like matter as much you won't have to you have the option of not listening yeah. now yeah so um so they didn't get to react to this on the view yet exactly but on Thursday, it was clear pretty much that Biden was going to win. So they were able to react to that news. And so obviously, mm-hmm. they none of them were like jumping for joy because it wasn't official yet, but they were happy. And they had this interesting, they were kind of having a discussion about like, what did the results of the election reveal about America? And they were talking about how Trump got even more support this time than he did in the last election and how like and how close the race was. Yeah. And like how what that means. Yeah. And so Joy was kind of saying like she thinks that the only reason that Trump didn't win is because of coronavirus. And she thinks that like it seems like if coronavirus wasn't part of this that he would have won. And they were also talking about how the polls were all wrong Mm -hmm. because the polls said it was going to be a slam dunk for Joe Biden. They even had that guy Mm -hmm. on the show. It was so awful. Why did they (laughs) have... What was his name? (laughs) Silva? Anyways. Yeah, he's the guy who, like, they think we want to hear from, like, instead of just having (laughs) Sonny read out some stats. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, And then Sonny had this, like, really impassioned speech or whatever about how, like, how she was surprised that the race was so close, just given how racist Mm -hmm. Trump is and Mm -hmm. people that voted for him. She's not saying they're racist, but she's saying they definitely turned a blind eye to it. I'm not going to say that 50 percent of Americans are racist and sexist and, and, and homophobic. But I will say that that tells me that they will look the other way to that kind of behavior, to the plight of their fellow Americans, if personally they feel that they are right. doing okay and that they will do better under that pre- uh, that right. type of presidency. And that, I think, is despicable. It is un-American. It was interesting because Sarah kind of came back at her and was like, I don't really agree with that at all. And they had this, like, back and forth that was kind of surprising to some people, I think, because Sarah was mm-hmm. like, I think to say that like people were selfish because they voted for Trump is interesting because like voting in itself is selfish and you vote for what affects your day-to-day life. And then Sunny, you just just hear her because she mm-hmm. was like, yeah. If you're a woman, you should vote for Hillary Clinton. If you're black, we all vote one way. If you're Hispanic, we all vote. We don't. We vote for what affects our day-to-day lives. And Van Jones said back in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, please go easy on <laughs> <Yeah>. her. 
And so Sarah just saying like, it's not necessarily, she was like, I don't think it's productive to call them racist. They just have a different viewpoint. It's like, I appreciated that Sarah presented a different uh, idea. And also she presented the way of thinking that a lot of people have towards voting. They think this is my, my, like, me, me one say in how things are done, I'm looking out for number one. <laughs> That's my new <laughs> single. <laughs> I didn't mean to make that rhyme. But you know, a lot of people look at it that way. They're like, I am finally getting my chance for my say. I'm going to use it on myself. And it's like, that is selfish. I see it Sunny's way where I'm like, I'm going to try to put a lot of people's best interests. I'm going to look out for people who don't have as many rights i'm gonna look out for people who like need the help and but and i don't see it sunny or sarah's way so i appreciated that she was, it was presenting a very abby that huntsman point of, view. point of view it's not for me love <laughs> but i guess it's important that that gets presented because a lot well, of people yeah, do like, see it i do way. agree i completely agree with sunny that like if you voted for trump and you're a white person then you are well, Sunny didn't even go this far, but like, I think you are racist, whether you're aware of it or not. Totally. Like, not everyone is that educated it's about like, it. They don't understand like the subtle aspects of it. So I don't think everyone gets that. And I think a lot of people probably that's probably how they justify it. They're like, well, I know I'm not racist. I don't have a problem yeah. with black people or, or like other races. Yeah. But but it like signing on to him being racist and to yeah. me makes but you I racist. Do, I yeah. appreciate that Sarah is willing to criticize the Democratic Party sometimes. Like she's not just like blindly loyal to the party. And even though I don't mm. I don't agree with her about this, like I appreciate that she brings that perspective. I also think like the thing that's kind of missing from this discussion in general is like they're like, well, why was the race so close? And they're only pointing the finger at Trump and like people being racist and voting for Trump. Yeah. But like you also have to be like, well, why did Joe Biden not do as well as we thought he would? I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about this stuff, but I think perhaps putting up the status quo centrist candidate maybe wasn't the slam yeah, dunk that exactly. a certain part of the democratic party thought it would be and mm -hmm. no one's willing to say that we've talked about it before about how all of them seem to not um be particularly thrilled with the like more left side of the democratic party like aoc Ilhan omar they're very very critical of of those points of view and so what's missing here is is that more left point of view questioning maybe it wasn't the greatest idea to put the more centrist doesn't believe um, in universal health care type of yeah candidate. exactly because if you look at the stats and you look at how people actually voted a majority of candidates who ran on platforms that are more of the leftist uh, ide ideas, I guess. Yeah. They ended up winning. So it's like, I wish that there had been that more left um, person in w within the co host to like bring up that point because it is a really big point. Yeah. I just think like if you're talking about how, why the race was so close, like you can't only talk about Trump. You also have to be like, well, maybe there's more Joe Biden could have done. Like, yeah. But I also just want to 
like make sure I'm very clear about this. I don't know what I'm talking about. Take everything I say with <laughs> a grain of salt. We're not doctors. We're I don't not know doctors. anything. We're talk I'm just shows. like, yeah, I just have a microphone and literally <laughs> one brain cell. But that's like how yeah. it came off to me. But yeah. Hello, little hunties. Before we move on, I wanted to take a second to talk about all of the fun things happening over at our Patreon account. Subscribers to our new Patreon account will have exclusive access to episodes of Deja the View featuring content that was left on the cutting room floor, fun and games, deep dives on some of our favorite movies starring ladies from The View, and of course, the return of The View Theater. Head to the link in our description to subscribe, and soon we'll all be having fun. Well, so we have to talk about the disaster that was Halloween. Oh, God. And I'm going to do my best to talk about this in a way where I don't seem like a total, like, psycho. (laughs) But... Yeah, I'm trying not to turn this into Total Divas Live, but I am emotional i have never been so disappointed in this show (laughs) ever with the exception of when i found out that joy had been fired i don't think i've ever been so let down by this show i know i know how upset you were and i hadn't seen you that genuinely troubled by something on the view i don't think ever i could not believe it i think like with the days leading up to halloween there were some thoughts in the back of my mind that were like (laughs) are they gonna do anything like what if they don't like they've been taking themselves so seriously lately like what if they don't but i truly was like no like of course they're gonna just do do it like why wouldn't they it's like a it's everyone's favorite show of the year so i get up i turn on the view (laughs) And I see them do this like fun little opening. Mm -hmm, And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like my serotonin was like, yes, they're (laughs) doing it. I knew like to keep the faith, like I knew they'd do it. They're doing Halloween. And then it was literally that Reba tweet that's like had a good breakfast and then the torture started. (laughs) Yeah, I have never turned off an episode of The View so fast. The second that I saw that they were sitting there not in costumes, I turned it off immediately. Oh my God. Like, I am not watching that. Like, why? Yeah. Why not do it? Like, what's the reason? Is the reason the pandemic? Because every other show put on a mm-hmm. costume, including The Real, which is doing it in the exact same way way that the view is like they're all home is it because of the election because i'm pretty sure people still celebrated halloween even though there was an election here's what it was for me it was that there was a very obvious disconnect between the opening of the show and then what the show was the opening of skit that was like fully a halloween skit even ended with Whoopi being like this is Halloween, something like, something about that. Then it cuts to them. It's not Halloween. It's a regular Friday. Like, I felt like there was a disconnect. I I look forward to it going to Virginia. (laughs) And she puts on her weird little voices and introduces their costumes. Like, and honestly, like, 
you can't be like, oh, it's because they don't have hair and makeup people because they're getting hair and makeup done. Mm. We saw Megan's euphoria beat. Like, we know they're getting, they have people in their houses. It was like, if they had said we're not doing it because of the election or we're not doing it because of the pandemic, then I feel like they just would have not done anything. But they did the skit at the beginning. They did the segment with the kids' costumes. Why couldn't they just go all the way and give us costumes from home? It was like, there just felt like there was something that had disconnected. And I was very troubled by it. It was such a complete flop. It was such a tease. Like Like the opening was like, it, it got me pumped for something that didn't happen. Yeah. And like, I didn't watch the show. So my criticism is purely on the first <laughs> two minutes. And then I stopped watching. So I don't know what happened. But like, even if the co hosts had been wearing literally, even if they had done nothing for Halloween except wear costumes, I would have been like, yeah. perfect, iconic. Yeah. Thank you. Or even if they had the laziest costumes, like, I don't need special effects makeup. If they were all wearing a different wig, I would have been like, wig. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not okay. Here's the thing that also upset me more than if nothing had happened. When they did the segment where I think it was like their wardrobe person was doing a segment about kids' costumes. For that segment... They switched the backgrounds on the TVs behind all of them to be like a Halloween-y pumpkin set. Why wasn't that there the whole time? I it's I don't get it. And like, I don't know why the show is going down this path of taking itself so seriously that they can't even put on a Halloween costume like every other show. Like, you're not news anchors. Like, what? And, yeah. Even if you were, I'm pretty sure Barbara Walters put on a damn costume every year. <laughs> like, it's so upsetting. And I'm absolutely fuming. <laughs> like, the does video... this mean Christmas is can't Like, the war on Christmas. Halloween's so, canceled. Yeah, now Christmas the views, canceled. Like, Darlene the Love. The views war on Halloween. Oh, my God. If they don't do Darlene Love, like, that's it. I don't even want to She's out of a job. It. <laughs> she is out of a job the- <laughs> i'm telling you she's not getting a check this year I'm s- i don't even want to think about it i just uh, i'm s- it's just so upsetting and like to see <laughs> Whoopi sitting there wearing a crown because Whoopi is like yeah it's weird that we're not wearing costumes so i'm gonna put yeah. on a crown i'm gonna source something from my own closet <laughs> anyways that was it's just bad. it it looks bad like- bill <laughs> I wasn't surprised because I, getting closer to the episode, I had a fear, a serious fear that that was what was going to happen, just the way that things were going with them being so serious. So I wasn't surprised in that way. But what did surprise me was that Whoopi, this is the same woman who was ready to fight the co-hosts about canceling trick-or-treating. And you're telling me that you're not going to let her dress up for Halloween? I don't understand it. If I could go back in time and stop the New York Times from putting the view on the cover and calling them mm-hmm. the most important political show on mm-hmm. television, I would. Because yeah. who would have known that that would lead 
to Halloween being canceled. I would storm the Office Depot while they're in the middle of printing out the issues. (laughs) And I would unplug the printer and I would say, not on my watch. (laughs) Rip the film out of the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And my final thought on this, to quote Sarah Haynes from a few weeks ago, Little did I know my bar that I had set so low could go even lower. (laughs) Okay, well, we're already three hours into this podcast just complaining about (laughs) Halloween, but I do have view updates. So one of them being that there was an announcement made that Sarah Haynes is going to be hosting a new game show on ABC, and it's called The Chase. And yeah, and you're going to like this because it's a remake (laughs) of a British show and it features three of the greatest Jeopardy players of all time, including Ken Jennings. Oh, my God. I watched the the UK version of this. It's like a new version of Jeopardy. Yeah. And it's I told it's like I told you she had Meredith Vieira energy. Like she's hosting a game show now. I watched this show, the UK version of this show is on Netflix, in Canada at least. And it's it it reminds me of like Jeopardy, but meets the weakest link. Cause it has that kind of like sense of like level you have to like level up and like there's risk involved. It's it's very fun to watch. Um, I'm very excited for Sarah. I'm excited that Ken Jennings is on it. It's also like a sad day because Alex Trebek died. We just mm-hmm. found out, which is very like upsetting, especially for Canadians, because he's kind of he I would say he's probably the most beloved Canadian celebrity that we have. And yeah, yeah it's just it's very sad and it's it's interesting that Sarah is now part of the Jeopardy family. Yeah. But I didn't know about this show and I'm I'm very happy for her. I'm happy that she's going to have some coworkers. <laughs> I wanted to mention that another co-host who has a show that people are talking about is Whoopi. During election night there were commercials running for her show, The Con, like every commercial break. And people were texting me being like, oh, my God, Whoopi the Con, I can't wait to watch. And like, I didn't know what was happening because I wasn't watching the results on TV till I, I had to like look it up on Twitter. And everyone was talking about her show because I guess there was like a really, really good ad for it that made everyone want to watch it. It's like her true crime series that it's she was developing artists. yeah well it's it's all i think it's a variety of different episodes and each one is about a con different con artist mm-hmm. or something but yeah i haven't talked about it because i can't it's it's on abc it's but started, i can't find yeah. it anywhere on the internet so i can't watch it but it looks good <laughs> so She's someone not... needs to fix that <laughs> the, <Yeah. laughs> the russian hackers listening please upload it just started in october but apparently it's a hit. But not it's not only Sarah and Whoopi with new shows. Sunny also announced that she's working on developing a drama series that mm-hmm. is based on her life while working at Fox. And it's produced by Ridley Scott. Yeah. And so the, there was an announcement about that. 
It's called The Council, and it says the series follows four 30-something women of color who are leaders in their respective fields of journalism, law, politics, and public relations, and that they must rely on their lifelong friendship to overcome a scandal that threatens to unravel everything they've achieved. And I think this is going to be Sunny's bombshell. Yeah, I think it's going to be her, like, how to get away with bombshell, basically. That's what it sounds like. I didn't think she was going to go down this road of like drama, Mm -hmm. but I guess it makes sense because she's a novelist. But like I, I thought I figured she'd be doing more like true crime and stuff, but I think her approach to things is like, why not do it all? She's a, a, she's like an overachiever. And I mean that as a compliment. (laughs) Like, yeah, yes, I I'm often like, how does she find the time? And how do I have like the same amount of time in my days as Sunny? And like, I struggle to like heat up a Michelina's frozen dinner and watch one episode of TV. And she's like, got 18 things on the go. Okay. I have another view update that I have to say was brought to me, brought to my attention by one of our listeners named Dale. And Remember, you were at my wedding, Denise. Yes. Well, this was truly shocking when I read this. It's time for the revenge of Denise. Oh, no. (laughs) Because as the election results were coming through, she went on kind of like a Twitter spree and she was tweeting about all kinds of stuff. And she was replying to like... Yes, Denise McAllister is her name. This is the woman that was at Megan's wedding. And then she was talking shit about Megan on Twitter. And Megan was like, you were at my wedding, Denise. <laughs> um, so it started with this tweet where, well, first, I think Denise said, if Trump loses the election, you'll hear rhinos, Cindy McCain's twat suckers close your ears, my Christian friends, and never Trumpers, say it was Trump's fault. Ignore them and know they are fools, and Trump governed more conservatively than any of them could ever pretend. Someone uh, quote tweeted that and said, Meghan McCain's wedding was an intimate affair at her dad's Sedona home, LMAO. But I don't exactly know what that uh, quote tweet was about like I think she's just kind of poking fun at the fact that Denise was reminding Denise that she was at Megan's wedding yeah and that it was like a small tre- wedding it wasn't like a wedding where thousands of people were there yeah since she's tweeting about Cindy McCain I think that person was just being a little yeah <laughs> tweeting about Cindy McCain's um her what now <laughs> like yeah what that's, that's just the okay this that's just one part of it Okay. Because every time someone replies to Denise, she quote tweets it and replies. So that was like the beginning of the thread. So then Denise quote tweets and says, yeah, I was there. As everyone knows, someone else replies, you were? Then she replies, unfortunately, I was. Good food, though, and music. Then she tweets, I'll never forget the evening Ben Dominich called me and asked my advice about marrying Megan McCain, the beginning of my new book. <laughs> what? Is she writing an entire book about based on her relation to Ben and Megan? I don't know, but that is what she said. 
And then she quote tweeted herself again and said, does this tweet make you uncomfortable? It should. The backstory speaks volumes about politics and media today, especially the lies among those who oppose Trump and those who pretend to support him. What the fuck? So then someone replies to her with an article about the you were at my wedding Denise meme Uh like a dumb person who's assuming that Denise doesn't know that this was our thing and Denise obviously knows that this was a thing so she quote tweets that person sending her that article and she says classic if only they knew why I was at the McCain wedding (laughs) then someone replies to that and says, it's so crazy because I tried to root for Megan at the beginning of her time at The View because she was the only conservative. That girl is not a conservative. Not sure why she considers herself one. Denise quote tweets that and says, Megan doesn't consider herself a conservative. She only plays one on TV. What? And that is the end of it. So Denise trying to is trying to get her revenge on Megan. And I think the takeaway from this is that She believes that she has a story here and that there is some dirt (laughs) on Megan's true political leanings and the reason why she married her husband. Right. And I think trying to say it's not like an authentic relationship or that there's some sort of power dynamic here. Yeah. Or some sort of uh, facade. And she's claiming that she's writing a book about it based on her crazy tweets and I felt it important to bring that to your attention today we know how much Megan um dislikes the idea of people writing tell-all expose books we know how she feels about that towards her family she said it recently on the show being like if someone did that about my family I would be pissed so something tells me this won't end well for Denise (laughs) (laughs) I know a part of me was like do I should I like send this to Megan (laughs) 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 yeah like does Megan know that this is happening (laughs) oh my god anyways so that's it for the view updates and complaining section of the podcast (laughs) Let's move on to some of the hot topics. What hot topics are you doing? All of these hot topics are pre-election, so it definitely seems like eons ago. But you may remember that Lady Gaga was working hard for the Biden (laughs) campaign. And she ended up going to Pennsylvania to perform and target red state voters. And before she made it to Pennsylvania or before the rally, she posted a video on social media where she was dressed in all camouflage (laughs) and she was beside a pickup truck and she like crushed a a beer and was like, Mm -hmm. I'm Pennsylvania, I'm coming for you. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. I'm voting for America, which means I'm voting for Joe Biden. And if you live in Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Florida, or Arizona, I encourage you to vote. And if you have a friend that lives there, tell them to vote. I'm gonna be in one of these states tomorrow. Guess which one I'll be in? Hint, I used to live there. 
cheers to the 2020 election. And <laughs> spoiler alert, it worked. <laughs> but a lot of people took issue with how she was dressed and were saying that she was portraying middle of America stereotypes. Yeah. It felt like it felt like something that Jenna from 30 Rock would do. Thinking that she's like dressing up like Butch, you know, like it felt like it was like a gag. Like I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny or not. I when I first saw it, I just like took it at like camp value and like thought it was like funny and like very gaga. But then when everyone who isn't like a little monster and who is just like part of the general public was talking about it i was like oh yeah like i guess <laughs> i guess if you're like not a gay person who thinks it's like camp <laughs> you have like a different point of view on like what she was trying to do i took it the same way as you where i was like oh this is like camp this is a joke like poking fun kind of at the stereotypes or like embracing it or like wearing it as a badge of honor reclaiming it sort of thing but Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah it's a joke and I thought that the response to the criticism would be her being like guys it was a joke but her response to the backlash was her being like well, when I dated someone from Pennsylvania, that is how I dressed. And I did wear those clothes when I went on my four-wheeler. And it was like, oh, okay, you didn't. So you actually (laughs) believe that. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh, you were like, you weren't pretending to be butch. Like that was you genuinely being like, I'm butch. I'm from like the country. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I misinterpreted it. But um, the funny thing about it on The View when they were talking about it was like more than one co-host pointed out the fact that she like takes a sip of the beer and then crushes the can and it's like still a full beer. And Sunny was the one who was like, I think I'd be more upset with the fact that she wasted a whole beer. And then Sarah was also like, yeah, like no one does that. Well, she, she wasted a perfectly good can of beer, though. So that's going to be counted against her. But (laughs) the biggest problem with that was the waste of a good beer. No one would really do that. I like there has never been a a topic that was like a better representation of why the view always used to have a young person on the (laughs) table at the table. Because like, first of all, Joy and Anna both made Mm -hmm. the same pre-written meat dress. Joy did her meat dress joke. And then Anna, two seconds later, did her meat dress joke. And Joy was like, that's it. I think that I think this is the the segment where they're like, Anna, you have 10 seconds to like say one more thing. As the cameras are cutting away to commercial, she's like, I think it was a skirt steak. <laughs> OK, so um, I don't know exactly who she's appealing to there. Maybe she should wear her meat dress and appeal to cattle farmers. You're right. Maybe she should have reprised her meat costume, fed red meat to the base. There you go. I think it was skirt steak. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. a second, a second meat dress joke. <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, yeah. It, also, how many Sarah- years ago did the meat dress happen? And that is like still the point of reference for so many people it's like no wonder when abby dressed up as lady gaga for (laughs) halloween she dressed up as like 
2009 Lady Gaga, even though A Star is Born was like the biggest movie of the year. Yes. <laughs> it's so crazy that like Joy knows that Lady Gaga's name is Stephanie Germanata, but still thinks of her oh. as like wearing the meat dress. Uh, what's her name? Gaga or, or Stephanie Germanata. Like- <laughs> Whereas uh, what's her name? Uh, Gaga, who I love. Stephanie Geminata, you know, she's a paisan. I love her. How do you know that? But you don't know anything else about her. Yeah. Also was dying because Sarah was like, well, as someone who is from middle America, I was slightly offended. You know, being from one of those flyover states of Iowa, that's not what the people are like. And I think it spoke more to the disconnect between how some people on one side see people on the other side. Like, I like I don't what? buy that. <laughs> I don't buy it. And like, okay, like, the other thing for me, and like, I know you relate to this too, because we're from very similar places. Like, I saw it as camp and and kind of making fun. But the reason why I was able to like, see the humor in it so easily was that like people do dress like that like yes. not the the boots that she had on were like platform kind of like funny up to the knee lace-up boots that like didn't go with the rest of the outfit but the rest of the outfit and the truck like that is how people dress that is yeah. how so many like that is the culture where i i grew up in a place where people would come straight from the farm to the grocery store and have shit all over their rubber boots like that's where I grew up like so it wasn't that's why I'm like were you really yes I grew up where people would like drive yeah like people used to drive like their four-wheelers to school like I'm not joking so like it was very to me I was like oh yeah that would be like if I was doing it because I'm kind of like poking fun but I'm also like embracing the fact that there's truth in it so to say that you're offended (laughs) Yeah. Again, the only thing that should be offensive was that she wasted a whole beer. One of the other kind of crazy things about this is that after Lady Gaga did that, her dad mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. in support of Trump, like came out as a Trump supporter at the t- like so literally crazy. as Lady Gaga is at a Biden so rally. Crazy. He was like, "Go Trump." Like, can you imagine like what would you do if your dad did so that? So crazy. <laughs> like- it's so crazy because it's also like Not only was Lady Gaga being very, very vocal about supporting Biden, Trump was being vocal about being anti-Lady Gaga. So it's like, not only are you, not only was her dad showing support for someone who was like completely against what Gaga was doing, he was showing support for someone who Trump one day before had been making fun of at his rally. Like, how do you like... How do you make sense of that? And like, how do you justify that when it's literally your daughter that he's making fun of? Now he's got Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is not too good. I could tell you plenty of stories. I could tell you stories about Lady Gaga. I know a lot of stories about Lady Gaga. So fucked up. Like the president is being like, I can tell you stuff about Gaga. Gaga. (laughs) And her dad is being like, yeah, I... I'm the one who told him that stuff. <laughs> it's so <laughs> The call is coming from inside the Germanata house. Yeah. And no wonder Joe, the restaurant in New York failed the health inspection or whatever. <laughs> it's being run by a rat infested Trump supporter. Yeah. Yeah. It's being run by a rat. 
the rat came. <laughs> they found a rat in a kitchen and his name is Joe Germanotta. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This other hot topic that they did was about cancel culture. Uh, and it was on the day that Barry Weiss, I hate to bring up the B word, the day that she was on the panel. Um, I feel like this wasn't a hot topic at all, but they were like, "We let's just get Barry going. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I guess <sighs> on, Sarah Silverman has a podcast. And on the podcast, she was talking about cancel culture. And she said that when people get canceled, there has to be some sort of path to redemption. When you take someone, you found a tweet they wrote seven years ago or a thing that they said, and you expose it and you say, this person should be no more. Banish them forever. They're going to find some place where they are accepted. And it's not going to be with progressives, which ironically means to be changed. Progress. And that place, it's not going to be with progressives. Mm-hmm. Which is a perfect topic to discuss how they all hate progressives. But like, <laughs> okay, so Sarah Silverman, she's saying when you cancel people, mm-hmm. you turn them into right-wingers. Is basically, is that her point? Like, <laughs> um, I used to be a very, very big Sarah Silverman fan. Like in my teens and early 20s, I was very into the like shock humor of Sarah Silverman. I obviously have learned and grown (laughs) since then. It's an unfortunate time, but I was a really big fan of hers. And I kind of, I don't want to say like tolerated, but I like, I continued to follow her like humor through the years um, as it like evolved and she went farther away from the type of like shock humor. And I still thought that she had some interesting things to say up until like really really recently when uh I want to say this was like two months ago um Dave Chappelle hosted like a type of like comedy workshop camp type event for a small group of comedians um where they like worked on their comedy together and put on shows and it was like him and um, some other like really well-known comedians and then Sarah Silverman was there and Michelle Wolf was there and Louis C.K. was there and Sarah and Deep. Michelle both posted photos on Instagram completely unapologetically smiling faces with Louis C.K. and I just thought that that was the biggest slap in the face to anyone any of their like um, comedian peers who had been harassed by Louis C.K., anyone working in comedy who had had any type of sexual harassment, any workplace harassment, any survivors of her, of assault or sexual harassment who were fans of them. It just, to me, was like the most disgusting thing. I was very upset by it, clearly. Um, and I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, no more. Like, clear this, you've made your stance on the whole thing clear. So, you know what? Unfollow. And that's it. And I didn't really think about um them again and then this came up and i was like okay i can't look at what she's talking about without thinking that she is saying this be like to protect herself and to protect her friend louis ck like to me it felt like she was talking about cancel culture because it has directly affected her and people who she 
um, is friends with and works with. And it's like, obviously you're going to have a skewed perspective on it when you feel like you've been the target of unfair cancel culture, if that's your opinion. So like, I'm not interested in hearing that opinion from someone who's trying to make a case for themselves or for their friend. You know what I mean? So I was already like annoyed by this. It's like, I don't need to hear it. I hate the discussion on cancel culture in general, but also I just want to say like the only people complaining about it are celebrities who are the people that have the power. And the reason they hate cancel culture is because when they do something wrong, it takes away a little bit of their power and they want to cling to their power. It's not us, the peasants that are canceling them that have the power. Like when we, when we turn into a mob and we try to hold them accountable for something they did, even then we barely have power. Like they still continue on. Like Chris Pratt still continues on. Kevin Hart still continues on. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, like what you just said about like holding people accountable. And that has always been Sonny's perspective when they have like, I mean, they have this conversation about cancel culture every three months. And every time it comes up, Sonny presents the idea that it's not cancel culture. That is like a a scare like buzzword. It's accountability, holding people accountable. Everyone should hold everyone should be held accountable if they do something like wrong. I think it's high time that many people um, that uh, behave badly, um, behave uh, poorly, behave in racist manners, be held accountable for it uh, because there should be consequences to behavior. So rather than call it cancel culture, why not call it consequence culture? Why not uh, call it uh, other things like that? So then when they were talking about it with Barry, she brought up like, uh, which I feel is probably like a very, uncommon example of quote-unquote cancel culture was that I don't think there was that a, is an example of it Barry brought up an example of a civilian that lost his job because of a misunderstanding that's not cancel culture yeah. at all Emmanuel Cafferty worked for the San Diego utility company he was driving his truck by a protest a few months ago when his hand was hanging out the window someone snapped a picture of his hand and they said that he was making a white supremacist hand gesture he is hispanic his family is from mexico but it didn't matter that's not cancel culture and then that's what i mean like i that's why i'm saying like it's like fake uh quote unquote cancel culture because she brought it up as like proof that cancel culture exists and is a bad thing but like you're saying that to me is not the can that's not how i think of cancel culture and like no to try to validate across the board this idea of cancel culture affecting people by using like a civilian's one example of a misunderstanding where he got like fired because people misunderstood a hand gesture that he made that's like one very small example of an an unfair firing out of many that i'm sure happens but that's not cancel culture like Cancel culture is people being like, oh, someone did like, oh, Sarah Silverman did blackface on her show like 10 years ago. Like, is she canceled or not? That I think is like what the idea of cancel culture is. It's not this person from like Arizona who got fired. Yeah. And like 
So Barry is just a woman who desperately wanted to be controversial and desperately wanted to get canceled and she couldn't get canceled. (laughs) So she resigned. That's who this is. And she wanted to be like notoriously canceled. It didn't happen for her. So she had to resign. That's Barry. Mm -hmm. The reason why I am so frustrated by her and her ideas is that I think that she is like a professional contrarian. She like lives to try to rile people up and lives to try to present um, an opposite idea of what you think that she's going to be like, you know, like she just always wants to be a contrarian. And so I find it difficult to try to have the view co-hosts have a, a debate or any type of like, conversation with her because she is constantly doing circles to try to continue to like be a contrarian yeah well also i just want to say like i do think there is like an extent to which cancel culture could go too far or like where um no not too far but where the one person will get canceled for something mm-hmm. small and another person won't get canceled for something big mm-hmm. or it's always disproportionate. But it's like, yeah. well, what do you want? Like the people doing the supposed canceling are just people with social media accounts. Like it's not yeah. like a big meeting is had where everyone votes <laughs> on whether to cancel someone. It's just like it's yeah. just like what's going on in the culture at the time. It's it's like it's inconsistent and I get I'm sorry that that's frustrating for celebrities. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's inconsistent and I feel like literally like the cancel in cancel culture started as like slang of people being like, "Oh my god, like he's canceled." Or you know what I mean? Like it started with like people saying that on Twitter and I feel like People who are um, out of touch celebrities don't understand internet slang commonly. (laughs) And so they take things more literal than how it's intended. So if you're like, oh my God, you're canceled. Like if someone posts like a, a like embarrassing photo or something and someone's like, oh my God, you're canceled. It's like they're joking. But like a celebrity could see that and be like, oh my God, what? Like, what did I do? And like, I feel like that's become like the fear of like getting canceled. But like it doesn't exist. If you do something stupid or you do something offensive, you get held accountable. Like you're saying, it should be like the punishment should fit the crime. Unfortunately, it doesn't always. There just is, unfortunately, it's not fair. But I hate when we have celebrities talking about cancel culture because they are obviously going to be against it they are marie antoinette and we are (laughs) the poor people it's like it also plays into like like that whole thing of like we like to build people up just to break them down that's just a thing that unfortunately is part of our culture that we just do generally as a society like we build up britney and then when she shaves her head we laugh we don't anymore you get canceled yeah. if you make fun of Britney now. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank and God. I just, my belief is like, if I like you, you should not get canceled. And if I don't like yeah. you, you should be canceled. That's my view. Um, yeah. Whoopi also <laughs> talked about, <laughs> um, Whoopi also talked about her own experience of being canceled. Well, I happen to know a little something about cancel culture, as does Barry. You know, I was canceled. (laughs) I was canceled. If it wasn't for 
uh, Barbara Walters saying, hey, would you come and do the show? Uh, I would still probably be out of work because I wasn't getting any work for five years. We went through all my savings, went through everything. And if mm-hmm. you, she didn't like elaborate on what that was, but if you don't know, she's referring to like this time before her years on The View where she was doing like stand up at a John Kerry fundraiser. Is it John Kerry or Kelly? Like, I don't even know the Ooh. guy who ran against Bush. John Kelly. No, John Kerry. Yeah. <laughs> I see, like I said, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so she she uh, was doing stand-up or something or hosting a fundraiser or a rally or something for him and she made a joke about George Bush comparing George Bush to like your between me down there Bush if you know what I mean <laughs> and that at the time I guess was outrageous and crossed the line mm-hmm. and she says that she didn't work for five years after that and she blew through all her savings and she was canceled. Mm-hmm. And of course, that would be, have been a dark time for her. But yeah. then Barbara Walters called and gave her the job on The View and she's been building back her career ever since. But does that qualify as she was canceled then? I don't know. I I don't know. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to like make sense of that in my head. Like, I don't, I, in my mind, I don't consider it, but I guess I can see how from her point of view, they would all be kind of like the same. It's exhausting to talk about it because it's like, just shut up and just await your turn to be canceled. <laughs> Apologize yeah. immediately, ride it out and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I have some uh, Facebook comments because I went and oh, saw what people had to say about this Please enlighten discussion. us. <laughs> A lot of people were like, Barry's audition for The View <laughs> was very bad. <laughs> everyone was like, I don't think that woman should be a View co-host. Like everyone oh, interpreted God. her um, guest co-hosting as her audition. Um, That's anyways. funny. Susan says, if everyone that behaves badly or inappropriately should be accountable, why is The View still airing? <laughs> Philip. So who decides what should be canceled? If it's just the numbers, what if Twitter became popular in India and China? They have the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you said, like it's not like everyone is like having a meeting being like who do we hate this month? It's like if you do something stupid or offensive, that is when your name comes up at the meeting. <laughs> we don't just pick them from the hat. <laughs> um nicholas i think everyone needs to learn the old saying stick and stone may break my bone but name will never hurt me freedom of speech means just that exactly (laughs) jackie i hope barry is brought on the panel at least until megan returns the view needs a balancing act yeah i agree they need someone who can juggle and balance (laughs) A circus performer. Someone who does juggling, oh someone who does balancing, someone who does um, trapeze, fire breathing. That's the panel that I'm looking for. Or at least someone <laughs> who can do a balancing act. Actually, Barry and Sunny did kind of get into it on The View in another topic. They were talking about mm-hmm. 
Amy Coney Barrett and the Supreme Court and like Joe Biden answering or not answering about court packing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought Sonny, like uh, Sonny was like making some strong points and Barry was like, I don't get it. Because we all know that the Republican Party has been packing the Supreme Court for decades. I think what we're going to see is perhaps the Democrats unpacking the Supreme Court so that there is more of a balance because right now the Supreme Court does not reflect uh, the values of America. Well, I'm confused about what Sonny's saying about packing and unpacking the court. Packing the court is about adding more justices to the bench. Packing the court doesn't mean appointing justices that some people don't like. You were talking about the yes, Supreme Court. Yes, you're so wrong. You're talking about- I, I was, I was okay, in particular talking about the Supreme Court being packed, and I used those words very specifically. It was so condescending what she said when she was like, I'm confused by what Sonny is saying. It was like very condescending, and I was like, if you think you're going to come on The View and try to like argue legal matters with Sonny, you picked the right woman to put you in the wrong MFing place. <laughs> Um, yeah she was very deliberately being like well the republicans have been packing the courts for forever and barry Uh was like i don't get it i thought we were talking about joe biden packing the courts and sunny was like love it was a fucking like (laughs) turn of phrase like sunny is like try to keep up (laughs) yeah my one note was get her jade (laughs) (laughs) because that's how it felt watching Sunny's like response to Barry questioning the language that she had used was like why would you set yourself up to get like why would you put yourself in the position where you're asking Sunny to fire back at you it's funny though because I guess Megyn Kelly is an avid watcher of The View you know (laughs) she wants a seat at the table you know she wants it and she tweeted after this, she tweeted about Sunny and she said, I'm going to guess more intentionally dishonest than stupid, but either way, Sunny is embarrassingly wrong about the Supreme Court as usual. Remember, this is a woman still clinging to the hands up, don't shoot lie. Good for Barry Weiss. And after seeing that, Sunny quote tweeted it with the Mariah Carey gif and wrote, I don't know her. <laughs> Yes, like what Megan said is so nonsensical that it didn't even deserve a response. So I think that Sunny's response was very perfect. Yeah, but it's funny because this is kind of reigniting a feud because Sunny has a whole section in her book about working with Megan Kelly. She was like, I think she's really <laughs> smart, but like she's not good, not a good yeah. person. And so clearly Megan is aware of that and she's trying to come for sunny now so Mm -hmm. this is a feud to watch i guess (laughs) i just like to me it's funny that we're even talking about barry's appearance and we're talking about two segments that she did because when i saw that she was going to be on the show i was like oh great like there's going to be so much happening in the next two weeks like between halloween and the election that like i'm sure kevin won't make me talk about her got the list of things we'd be talking about and i was like mm, cool 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 like two very topics i like really tried to avoid the b word but <laughs> i just it i just needed to be said like then megan kelly got involved like i had oh, no God. choice <laughs> once megan kelly gets involved i have to get involved 
you have to we have to cover it if megan's covering it we have to cover it anyways i think that's all for us for this week but we never really stop because we're always talking on our patreon so i hope you'll continue this with us there deja the view after dark (laughs) yes i hope you'll join us on deja the view after dark (laughs) where we take our tops off (laughs) while we talk where i don't wait till 1201 to take my bra off i bet trump winning the election for joy probably felt like the clock had struck 1201 as if it had been it had been 1159 for four years for four years (laughs) (laughs) and her brazier just snapped yeah america finally took her bra off Okay, so yeah, I hope you'll join us on Patreon. Make sure you're following us on social media at Deja the View Pod and on Instagram where you can watch our documentary <laughs> film about Rosie and Trump. And until next time, I hope everyone has a great day and takes a little time to enjoy Rosie Magazine. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. G-O-P. 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 Lady Gaga. We're bringing Huntsman.